All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. Uh, <laughs> we're recording early this week. Are you? Are you, is your week off to an Today, okay start? Why are we recording? I never asked you. Oh well, as it turns out, we we didn't have to. Oh, I just okay. didn't want to reschedule because I anyway. Sure. Um, yeah, that's all good. Becky's friend has Mooseheads tickets, and they invited us to the Mooseheads game. Oh, okay. As it turns out, that's not tomorrow night. It's next Wednesday. I was going to say, is there a Mooseheads game tomorrow? Yeah, you would know. Right. No, no, no. there's a CIS basketball championships that are happening. Oh, I kind of wish we were going to that. They're finally. Well, that's on Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday. I, oh, okay. I know a guy who can probably get you tickets if you really want them. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I, I guess. <laughs> it's fun. They're not the Cavs. They're not the Cavs. You're holding <laughs> out for the Cavs. Maybe someday Can't the Cavs will you. play at the Scotiabank Center. Anyway, so um, I just found out today that it's not tomorrow, and I probably could have done the podcast. Hopefully, it wasn't too inconvenient for you to come here. No, early. not at all. Not even in the least. I uh, managed to get a massage right before coming over here. Oh, congratulations. From a professional masseuse. So you, do you feel so extremely great. fantastic? Or is that a relaxation thing that doesn't take effect until like 24 hours later? I'm not sure that it takes effect immediately. I'll tell you what the nice thing is. The nice thing is that you're kind of not really thinking about anything mm-hmm. for an hour. Okay. If it's an hour appointment. Because you're kind of just like consumed with this person, like, you know, working out your muscles and stuff. And that's what you're focusing on. Okay. So you're not really in your own head. That's so weird. Because to me. you're kind of just, fe- yeah, it's weird to me too. I've only had it like three times. Yeah, but it seems like I would almost feel compelled to try and uh, drift my mind off to more comforting thoughts, just to just kind of like expel the notion that yeah. there's that I'm naked with this strange person who's I knew, touching me. We've talked about this before, and yeah. I knew that you thought that, and I was kind of trying to put myself in the mindset of, okay, this is a little weird, and it just went away <laughs> so quick for me. Yeah. Like, I mean, I haven't had an open enough mind about massages. Sure. They're obviously very popular. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> So maybe I ought to give it a shot. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what circumstance I could see you being comfortable in doing that, but like maybe just going in and giving it a shot. I mean, in defense of massages, I'm uncomfortable at the grocery store and (laughs) at work and in my own bed, evidently. In defense of massages, an essay (laughs) by Colin Sweets. A supposedly fun thing I'll never do again. Yeah, exactly. I haven't read that yet. No, me neither. No? No. I got to. You, do you, you mean like you haven't read the essay or haven't read any of the essays? I haven't read the essay. Yeah. The main essay, I guess. Although it is, the, you can find it online. On the like, titular essay yeah. of that compendium. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is it titular or titular? I, it might be titular. I thought it was titular. Yeah, maybe. But maybe titular. that was just me trying to insert words Except the word's not tittle, it's title. That's true. But I mean, do we want to go down the list of word exceptions <laughs> to which that applies right now? Yeah, how much time do you have? Uh, well, I'm here for an hour. Okay. Um, wanted to talk a little bit about podcasts. Okay. Did you listen to anything crazy in the last week? No, but I mentioned to you last week that I kind of get a kick out of this variety show. It's not a variety show. This show produced by Variety, um, the the Good One podcast. Just just because it's like very niche and Mm -hmm. in in the interest of people who uh like the craftsmanship uh, of joke telling. So. What I've I've gleaned from it after a couple more listens is that it doesn't so much loosely talk about the nature of comedy with comedians. It talks with comedians about one joke of their choice. 
Wow. And then there's kind of the... And is the joke theirs? Yes. That they just explore so, throughout the rest so of So they branch off and they talk very loosely around it. But sure. the theme of each episode is that uh, the host has asked uh, the week's guest to pick a joke of theirs mm-hmm. that has some backstory and has some identity in wow. it. Wow. And who have they had on so far? Uh, well, this week they had Weird Al Yankovic. Right. And so he picked a song from his last album. It was the uh, Blurred Lines... Uh, parody word crimes right which is pretty funny and so they just talked about that song for like 45 minutes they had Kristen Schaal on which I haven't listened to yet Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, Neil Brennan was really good and I haven't listened to Jim Gaffigan yet what was Neil Brennan's joke you know what I'm not sure I even picked up on what exact joke was was the top Uh, although I'm pretty sure there was a a, a specific joke of focus but they Mm -hmm. they dance around it a lot right maybe maybe just the stuff in his new special about his dad sure which isn't as much a joke I don't think there's anything jokey about it's fabulous storytelling yeah great storytelling yeah right and and uh Dave Chappelle has his special coming out did we talk about that last week at all okay so Netflix is releasing a new comedy special every week for the remainder of 2017 wow isn't that crazy that is very crazy yeah so burbiglia was last week oh okay i have so i saw john mulaney tweet or post on instagram with mike burbiglia saying how funny it was yeah. i haven't watched it yet me neither that's awesome i know schumer's got one on the way either this week or next week like most of netflix's original material their mm-hmm. tv shows and movies get released on fridays mm-hmm. but i guess their comedy gets released on wednesdays so netflix owns comedy yeah they're, we're living in an age where this is probably going to be the last conversation that's had about whether HBO is relevant in the comedy sphere anymore because I think it's all going to come out. Once Dave Chappelle signs on well, and to you do know, You know who Netflix else just special? signed on for Netflix comedy specials? If you say Louis C.K., then it's done dinner. It's done dinner. Ah. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that happened, that's, happened that's last really week. That's really incredible. He, he signed on for two. Yep. So one is done. It comes out in April. Okay. And the next one will come out next year or the year, a year and a half from Man, now or whatever. Why don't I just put all my stock in Netflix right now? Because it's probably expensive to buy. Well, Netflix it's expensive, stock. but I mean, it, it it's technically you're just pouring thousands of dollars into something that you assume is just going to grow. Yeah, it really that- it really can't fail. Yeah, one of the greatest um, comeback stories in in commercial history, I think. Yeah, totally. And and. It's funny because I sometimes read these like investor tips where they're like, we told you to buy Netflix in 2001. <laughs> and if you put $1,000 in, then you'd have like $70,000. Right we almost now. destroyed our reputations by telling you to yeah, buy exactly. Netflix in 2001. Right. Because that's the comeback stock. They're also like the comeback stock advisors. Yeah. No, we were right all along. We knew that they were going to branch into something that didn't exist at the time and no one could conceive of. You know what's poetic and beautiful about Netflix's original model? Everything. They've started to do it again. Like right. they're they're now sending out DVDs. What? And, Why? Yeah, I don't know. I just, I think just because this culture loves nostalgia, just to be funny. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> That's really it. A little bit. Huh? Good for Netflix. For the same reason they brought back Gilmore Girls and Full House. Like right. they're bringing back their. They're doing the Netflix there, of their own medium. There was some serious <laughs> moments of doubt for Netflix when I first like when when it first came to Canada and people were like, "Huh, Netflix? Do we want it? Do we not?" Because there wasn't really a whole lot on there. Well, I remember when you and I were living together like four years ago. Right. Um, I didn't have my own Netflix, but I was still mooching off my friend's Netflix. Sure. And so I used it quite a bit. But I remember you not being totally sold on the whole thing. Yeah, I was like, 
it's got like some movies that I want to see, but I mean, I can download those and there's some shows that are on there, but they're not new shows. So no, and initially, uh, the Canadian Netflix library was vastly inferior Pretty weak. <laughs> to, to the American one, but now the best material is owned by Netflix and right. it's just cross platform. Totally. It's yeah. really caught up. Um, so talking about podcasts. Yeah. Sorry. Um, what did you so you like the good one i like i like the good one podcast i, I haven't had a whole lot of time to listen to anything uh too new lately mm-hmm. uh, i listened to actually all the the schitt's creeks folks have yeah. been uh, making the rounds like Catherine o'hara was yeah. on okay nerdist she was lovely really and eugene levy was on w- wtf yesterday and and def- is schitt's creek uh uh it's a canadian show isn't it it is uh, initially a Canadian show, but they get it on like stars and American Netflix. Here's a question I have because Dan Levy was on MTV for a long time. MTV Canada. Yeah. Who's Eugene Levy's son. Okay. And in one special or an interview, John Mulaney says that his best friend, Dan Levy, Oh, which I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it's the same guy. And yeah. I'm pretty sure he's kind of like hanging out with Hollywood people on the regular, but I'm like, you're on MTV Canada. What? Well, when did you become a star? He or, might be he might be the Eugene Levy's son who co-created Shit's Creek because I know right. I think it is okay. Who who also acts in it? He plays the son in Shit's Creek. Right? No, I, I don't. I don't think it's exclusively like corner gas. Like I don't think it's a thing that's just unto Canada. It's right. definitely something that it, they're aware of down in the states. Really? Yeah. Huh. Even if it's just got a cult following at this point, yeah. it hasn't been on that long either. You know what? I've seen some clips from that show, and it seems at least pretty funny yeah like i might to be i might give it a watch okay because i've seen you know they do like i don't know what the son's name is but say it's colin and they do colonisms and they just do like a whole like four minute reel of funny things that he says on the show okay you know what that is that looks like a really funny show based on that well and it has to be it has to have humor beyond its name Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> definitely it can't be. That's the only joke. But I think it's like a CTV show, isn't it? Or yeah, it's on CBC, I think CBC show. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 I think. Wouldn't that kind of be the dream to start just like writing for a CBC comedy show? Yeah. Getting some like federal money for. Yeah. Becky used to do dinner theater like way back in PEI. Yeah. Um, way back in PEI. Way back on the island. <laughs> uh. She used to do dinner theater and like she made friends and she still talks to some of those people. And the guy who wrote the plays Mm -hmm. is now the head writer on 22 Minutes. Wow. And he like, he didn't have a comedy background. Like he's not a stand up or a sketch guy. He just knew the formula for, for making stuff. Right. And so he joined their writing staff and he also has no credentials. He just has experience. Is he like ballin' or is he like, I like, what is the head writer of? 22 minutes like i don't think he's balling but i think he does well for himself he dr- probably is- drives like a, a, a camry or something but like you know lives <laughs> they in made a camrys place. in 20 years yeah yeah they still oh, make okay. camrys they're right. kind of badass maybe he has a new camry yeah maybe he has a new camry plus he only works like eight months of the year right so i hey. i don't know what he does for the cbc outside of that i'm sure becky sure. could tell us but huh. it's a, it's an interesting job that he has, and he lives here in Halifax. He's the I head writer of a, of a like a national sketch comedy show, yeah, which is a thing that you and I kind of are mesmerized by. Totally, and he we would have so many questions if he walked in this room right now. We'd be like weirdly absolutely. fawning over him, right? But we use the same Starbucks. That's pretty cool. Yeah, true. 
You've never bumped into him, have you? Yeah, I, I, I met him a long time ago. Oh, and wow. now Becky sees him all the time because she is an usher at 22. Oh, really? She works there on Mondays, yeah. I did not know that. Oh, that's interesting. That's cool. Yeah. Like, you remember did how when you were... she paid for No, no, no. You oh, remember okay. how when you were in PR school, you did the Mooseheads games? Yeah. You probably got paid for that, though. I did. Yeah. No, this is this is like that, but it's like just really for the the for gold the star on her on her resume plus sure. it's fun and interesting yeah definitely hmm. that's awesome she probably doesn't have a monday that she's like uh i have to do this never and that's cool uh she adores sean majumder she says really? he is just the funniest and like sweetest most down-to-earth person yeah um she doesn't say anything bad about mark but that he's a little bit more unto himself sure I've, I've heard stories of sean majumder being behind like friends of mine that couldn't get into a comedy club one time and uh, they couldn't get in because it was booked. And Sean Majumder was like, hey, no, no, no. Like, they're they're with me. They're with me, right? Like, <laughs> so that's cool. And I think he might have even paid their cover. And they were like, whoa. That's like, cool. Thanks, man. Like, yeah. And he was like, yeah, yeah. And I, I've heard another story of him, like, just going out all night with, like, this other group of friends that, you know, he was like, he continues to, like, text them sometimes, I think. That's awesome. Isn't that cool? Have you been to a taping of the show? Uh, no, I've never been to a table. That's of a amazing show. to me that you've yeah. never been to. Isn't one. that weird? Because you would love that. Yeah, just, and- just from a producerial standpoint, you would love to look around at the lighting grid and see the cues. And Anna told me that they always used to go in yeah. at work, and she said that Adam, her uh, like best friend, mm-hmm. uh, and also announcer on the station, yeah, her coworker, yeah, our, yeah. our other coworker, <laughs> um, would always they would always be asked back mm-hmm. because he laughed so hard. Oh, nice. Yeah. But they also had like wine and stuff before. Like they, they really give like... you They give you a drink. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Because cool. they want you to feel comfortable. Sure. And loose. Yeah. Well, that's uh, really awesome. When I first went, the guest host was Alan Thicke. Oh, um, rest in power. RIP. And I, re- I remember being very entertained by the whole process because it's not a live show. They're, they're taping. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they also really boost the laughter in post-prod, I think. Right. Um, but they did this sketch... And for whatever reason, at the end of it, Alan Thicke wasn't happy with his performance. He's like, no, I can do that better. Oh. And the crew very openly was like, well, they already saw it all. Like, the crowd already saw the ending. They know the punchline. Like, comedy's not as funny the second time around. The but, whole the cast was saying this to him? Well, like, not in so many words. But right, they were basically sure. like, well, we just finished it, though. Yeah. Like, why didn't you just? Anyway, so he insisted they retake it. And they did retake it. And we kind of had to fake a big laugh, laugh through stuff we had already heard. Yeah. Uh, and then I remember watching the show the next night, and they just they aired the first. They one? aired the first take. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it was a better take, and the laughs were better. That is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll have to. I'll have to do that. You get that to see stuff like that. I would suggest we go, except for that I work until seven on yeah. weekends. Yeah. Maybe on a a night that you're. What, what day are you not going to be working? I don't know. There's not like a day before you go on vacation or something, is there? We could just be like, let's just do this. I don't go to I go to Florida for like six or seven weeks, <laughs> but they might be done the season by then. Right. That's fair. Speaking of sketch comedy, mm-hmm. SNL, you were a big fan this week. I was a big, well, hanging on to podcasts for a second. I'm sorry. I that's keep okay. moving you past this. That's all right. I uh, wanted to say that I've listened to Missing Richard Simmons. I listened to the first episode and I'm into probably the first 10 minutes of the second episode. Okay. Man, it is fucking captivating. It's amazing. Yeah, I know. That's what everybody's saying about this show. It is so good. Mm-hmm. You listen and you start to to learn about, you know, what kind of person Richard Simmons was. 
Three years ago, he just falls off the face of the earth yep. for reasons no one understands. Yep. So they're interviewing the people that were closest to him because it's not even like he's kind of renounced fame a bit and stepped back from the spotlight. Like his best friends have no idea where he is. That's so weird. Like no one knows what's going And he did, you know, he lived off of, you know, interaction from people. Like yeah, when, enthusiasm. when LA buses would drive by, like, you know, the star tours type things. Right, but don't you think that's would, all a front for something? And clearly he had much more deep-seated insecurities and, and, and mental struggles. Like, oh, he was man. clearly a very ill person for a long time. This is the most interesting part of it. Okay. So... The guy, the producer, started going to his class at one point called Slimmons, or yeah. that was his gym name. Yeah. So they would they would go there, and it, it was really crazy. Like you know, he'd like swear, and he'd like you know be his fabulous self, and he'd you know there was no recording because some things could get like pretty sexual. Like he'd force right. guys to take off their shirts and like do push ups <laughs> on them, and it was all very funny. Like yeah. the guy says, like the first first day. I ended up with my shirt off and Richard shoved it down his pants and like started dancing <laughs> around me. It was all me. in good fun. And it was all in good fun. And he was like, it was the greatest day ever. Yeah. And like, I kept going back. Um, so he really lived off of the, the interaction, but he also, in the second episode, you hear his friend that he brought and he was like, I think you're going to love this so much. And she got in the car afterwards and she was kind of weirded out. And he was like, why were you so weirded out? And she's like, well, because he just broke down crying. And then yep. the narrator comes in and he's like, this was actually a pretty regular thing. There yep. was no class that I had ever been to where Richard wasn't didn't start crying. Absolutely. At one point. So I, he was always a regular guest on Stern Show. Oh, was he? And a fabulous guest on Stern yeah. Show. And and Howard loved to have him, but he partly because he was very up and down. And right. he would just uh, break down into these like these terrible fits and then he would go back up right and and they they talked to the sklar brothers do you know them at all they're no. the twins that they they, they have a, a comedy podcast called sklarboro country and it's a uh, it's mainly about sports but they had richard simmons on and it was one of his last interviews and they talk about the experience of interviewing him and you know he was like super on and stuff but but there were parts where they ask, like, you know, who do you, like, hang out with? And he's like, I don't socialize. Like, I'm a recluse. Like, I yeah. don't hang out with people. And and you also hear stories of him hanging out with – or not hanging out with, but, like, this woman in Nebraska just kind of, like, walked up to him and broke down crying because she weighed, like, 400 pounds and was morbidly obese and her life wasn't really going in any direction. And she gives him her number and he calls on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just to like be to check in, be a friend, and continues to call on Sunday for like years. Oh wow! Like, and and she says sometimes I got calls from him at like you know like midnight. Yeah. On like other days, and she's like, all I'll say about those calls were that you know he's human, and he hurts in the middle of the night. So like he ever. would call her because he needed support too. Yeah. So so at the part of the show that I'm at right now, they're talking to this 94-year-old who's been at his class for like 40 years. Okay, but not and, in the last three years. No, not in the last three yeah. years. Um, but she was like a second mother to him. Okay. And he, uh, she's like, do you know anything about him? Like she's, they're interviewing her and he's kind of just like walking around her property like, 
no, we, no one really knows what's going on. Like, so my, it's my understanding from what I've heard on the Stern show mm -hmm. that there have been legal investigations that like friends of his have been concerned enough that yeah. they hadn't heard from him in so long that they've called the police and that the cops have looked into it and they've come back and almost in like a Miscavigian kind of way, they're like, look, he's fine. He's but, okay. But that's, but you're not going to see him as if to say like, thank you for calling. You probably did the right thing, but there's nothing I can do here. Do you think that he is, uh, he now identifies as a woman and he's like Jennifer Lawrence or something? Do you think he is Jennifer Lawrence? <laughs> Who got really famous three years ago? <laughs> I'm just, I don't actually think that. I, I think, I think it's a possibility that he, he did like a, like a surgery or something. And do you think he's very different now? Yeah. And it, well, and is possibly a woman. Except for that. He was always very comfortable with his, he always seemed, I mean, he, yeah, right. He did like have a very fragile yeah. um, personality, but he also was pretty pretty open about himself right so you wouldn't think he would want to hide that from the world yeah yeah i don't know it's it's such a mystery to me like i'm gonna keep listening but here's here's my question is how do you start a show like this and not have it end with like a, a richard simmons interview right or does it for sure end with a richard simmons maybe it interview? does and how many episodes are there Right now, there's only three out. So I don't do we know, know how far he's going to go? I have no idea. I'm assuming it's going to be like a 10-episode season. Right. He's a former like uh, Daily Show producer. And isn't it a little bit invasive, this show? Like, isn't it kind of disrespectful to this person who clearly doesn't want to be found? Well, what he says is like, what I want to know so badly is like, why did Richard... You know, like he says, I think it's okay to renounce fame, mm -hmm. but like, you know, all your friends are wondering what's happening with yeah. you. He's like, you can like sue me. You can like do all these things to me. Um, but I just, I want to know. Cause he became kind of close with him too. Like he was invited over to his house yeah. and like, you know, but like they were sort of pals through a bit of a friendship with yeah. him, I think. And maybe he'll delve into that a little bit more. I'm not sure. I, I would bet he had just kept up this facade for so long yeah. that he maybe lost track of where the, where, where he stopped and where the character began. Do you know what maybe. I mean? Like, I think he probably just developed something of a, of, of a personality confusion complex. Maybe. And he had to pull himself away so that he could relearn that. But like for like 30 years, he's out, doing like you know he's already made millions like hundreds of millions of dollars mm -hmm. and he would run out like if he saw a tour bus going by he would run out and be like i'll be down in a second and run, <laughs> run out in like whatever ridiculous outfit like yeah. someone said like one time he's dressed like a huge bird and okay. just came and took pictures with everyone on the bus and one time the bus driver like drove over his foot and there was like blood and stuff but he was like okay okay like i gotta go to the hospital but like everyone get in here for a picture first and like everyone take pictures with me <laughs> did you ever see him on whose line no well i'm i might have back in the day he was a guest on whose line is it anyway way back and it was very funny yeah yeah right it, there was something super like homoerotic in one of the yeah, skits where... i forget who it was but one of them he appeared to have a big crush on yeah i feel like it was ryan styles i think it was too i was gonna say it was wayne but i think it was ryan styles <laughs> yeah because <laughs> that's the funniest right <laughs> which i think he knew like yeah. i think he was playing into that what a right. performer man
But but you got to listen to it. It's it, listen to the first episode. And if you don't I want to listen to the next one, then I absolutely. would be shocked. I will. Cool. I will for sure. That makes me happy. Um, I just I wrote notes for this one because I wanted it to be good. I appreciate that. We're 22 minutes in, by the way, because I'm also recording it. But great. Why are you doing that? I just wanted to have a better idea of where we were time wise going oh, okay. this week because I usually don't know. Okay. Um, <laughs> Saturday Night Live. What did you think this week? I thought. I thought the first half was really some of the best of the season. Mm-hmm. I thought the second half was maybe like a little lazy, but it still had some laughs in it. Sure. Um, I thought the open with Jeff Sessions as Forrest Gump was spectacular. Yeah. Um, the, the, why you ain't got no legs, Kelly? That was so funny. Made me laugh so hard. So funny. She looked like she ain't got no legs. <laughs> I'm really, I really completely come around on Kate McKinnon. Yeah, that's good. Um, um, go ahead. I was going to say, I think overall it was one of my favorite episodes of the season. Mm-hmm. Leave it to someone who you're not expecting. I don't know why. Like The next host that people are like, oh, it's going to be so good because this person's on. I'm just not going to believe it. I think and I'm right. going to wait for someone like Octavia Spencer to just blow me out of the water. And not that the show was about Octavia Spencer. No, like, she just did a great job in every single skit she was in. She showed up. She she yeah. landed her jokes. She didn't even like do a musical number in the monologue. Like she right. just told a couple of one-liners and then mm. they went back to the show, which I loved. Like yeah. I, I mentioned it to Becky. I was like, oh, that was not more pomp and circumstance than they needed, right. which I so appreciate. And I think she picked things that fit perfectly for her, like yep. like the, the drug sketch and the... Uh, you know, her name was, her daughter's name was Seasonique. That was hilarious. Right. I love that sketch. And, and when she was the, uh, I think she was the wife of the guy playing chess in the Youngbloods. Yes. Like she did such a good job of that. (laughs) Youngbloods was too funny too. Yeah. And because I'm a sucker for good impressions, the Mm -hmm. Zoopolis sketch was my favorite. It was one of my favorite. Amazing. But, But who really made it? Well, Melissa Villasenor did. She did. There were a couple of times where Again, my mouth just fell open wide. Like, because right. I think those are the. It's really nice when somebody does a, a fabulous Christopher Walken, but everybody does Christopher Walken. And to yep. do Kristen Wiig. Yes. And then Kate McKinnon. Right. Doing Kate McKinnon on that same show. And like, it seemed like there was a standing ovation kind of happening in the audience. Because it was like, just like. Loved it. It's just amazing. It's just I, I an think amazing that was, gift. I think that was her like breakout show. She'll definitely be on next year. Like I think they love her yeah. on that show now. Yeah, I think I think that she's really and the two guys that are new this year. Yeah, have, have really Mikey as, Day and uh, I always forget his other name. How funny was the update Trump skit? The, oh, the Trump brothers. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> I drove the golf car. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Yeah, I don't know. I thought like making one of the boys like a like a toddler was a little hacky. Right, because. I was kind of happy that they developed it a bit. Yeah. Because uh, he literally, his only line before was, I'm Eric. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm happy that they, you know, grew it a bit. So now going forward, he's just going to be the the child Trump. Yeah. Once they've gone there, I guess they can't really go back with it. Yeah. Alec Baldwin said this week that he's not going to do Trump for much longer. Really? Yep. They're going to get Anthony Adamaniak. You think? Definitely. I know who you're talking about now. You do? Yeah. Have you heard he, him? or He showed up on Oh Hello. He did a guest spot. He oh, did Too Much Tuna. Nice. And he showed up in a couple of other things as well. Like he's one of these guys who's like making a bit of a, a case for why he should get invited to the uh, correspondence dinner. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And and there was the whole Trump, love, Trump 
versus Bernie thing, which was James Adomian, who's a great impressionist, who did a Bernie impression. Right. So it was, they were touring around together. Yeah. At one point. And they went like all around, like to all of the stops uh-huh. that the rallies were going to, they would they would go to and do a show at a theater there. They got to get somebody good because they can't just not have a Trump. Have you seen his impression? Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah, it's really excellent. It's better than it's better than Alec Baldwin, 100%. I, I think, People I just think, like Alec Baldwin. I think to a certain point, uh, these impressions don't really necessarily sound like Trump anymore. They sound like the character right. of that impression. Whereas I think... It, Adamaniac actually is exactly like Trump. You do, eh? Like when when you're just listening to it on a podcast. I guess that's the difference. Is that I've only ever seen him do it. Yeah. So I'm I'm just driving and listening and saying like this is Donald Trump. Like yeah. there's not really you know, it's not like a a weird affectation. It's it sounds exactly like vocal him. impressions just astound me. Yeah. Whenever somebody can do like even if it's just a pretty good whoever yeah. like I'm I'm always so pretty mind blowing. Well, and Alex Moffat, the 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 guy that we've struggled to come up with his right, name the entire right. season of Saturday Night Live. Yeah, he uh, his impressions are amazing. He was really good. Who did he do? Hugh Grant. He did Hugh Grant. He did, the thing that was more impressive to me was he did Bill Walton, which is kind of like a he's a basketball announcer. Yeah, I don't know who that is. But he it was such a bang on, uh, such a bang on impression of him that I was like, I'm all in on Alex Moffat now. Yeah, and even Octavia Spencer did some impressions, which she like, did, which, which they, were pretty good. They weren't like they weren't amazing, but, but it was enough to pass for the exactly what it kid. said to me was at the table read or at the the pitch meeting. She said, "I can sort of do these things." Like it said right. to me that she showed up mm-hmm. to be there and to play hard, right? And Melissa Villasenor did Jennifer Lopez. Oh yeah, that Owen was great Wilson, too. Kristen Wiig, Kate McKinnon, Kathy Griffin, Kathy Griffin. Yeah, she's she's unbelievable. She also does. Uh, Sarah Silverman is in her canon, which right. is really excellent. Yeah. she's done a, a few different things. She's a very talented person, but I I can't get past her normal speaking voice. I know she's so able to do other voices. You know what? I think that's kind of why she became an impressionist. Maybe. I think that's why a lot of people do because they're kind of trying to escape their life for some reason. Like she had to be funny, maybe because her voice was kind of like this. Like, well, I actually kind of think that one of the reasons Jimmy Fallon is so talented and he's so good at impressions because there's nothing that interesting about Jimmy Fallon. Ooh, deep cut. Yeah. Deep burn. I know. But it's kind of true. I mean, there's nothing that interesting about, like he's, I don't think he's a tortured person. No, I don't think so either. He might, he might have a bit of a substance problem. Right. That remains to be seen. We've talked about that. We will find out eventually. We're going to... We, that's what we should make this podcast about from now on. We should make it, it an investigative be... Is Jimmy Fallon a Scumbag Ex- podcast? Exactly. <laughs> well, we've talked about it at least five times. Is Fallon falling? Is Fallon falling? Yep. Wish upon a Fallon star. <laughs> that's what we'll call <laughs> uh, Immediately better names for that podcast than we ever came up with for this one. Um, last thing on SNL, Father John Misty. Yeah, I don't know if I just didn't get it or yeah, you're not huge on him. I I'm a big fan anyway. I loved his first two albums or his last two albums, I should say. Sure. Um. So, I like the first song he played, "Total Entertainment Forever." Yeah, I was totally on board with. Um. And pure comedy, I grew to love over the course of look. I bet he's hours. a really good songwriter. Like mm-hmm. I bet his and I didn't wasn't able like to totally. Uh, delve into the lyrics of his songs. Yeah. I bet he has some real artistry in him. Yeah. But when, especially in that second song, when he was just like gyrating around and right. like moving his legs in these bizarre ways and just showing how tall he was, all I, all <laughs> just I could, showing how tall he was. All I could think so was, think 
all I could think was if I was at a party with this guy, I would just think this guy is the worst. Yeah. I would think, fuck this guy I don't immediately. Think he, I don't think he parties that much. I think he's kind of like a depressed You understand dude. what I mean. I know. Like, yeah. what is this bullshit right. movement? Yeah. You know? I think he would be like locked in his room for a long time before Maybe. going out to party. Maybe. But I, that first lyric about betting Taylor Swift on Oculus Rift is definitely curious. Yeah. You should you should look up the lyrics to that whole song okay. because it's very infinite jesty. Okay. So infinite jesty. And so is pure comedy. All right. I think the thing that set him off was uh, like he walked off stage in 2016, like right after Trump got the nomination because he's was basically like he's a fucking reality TV show star. Like we shouldn't even be laughing at this. This yeah. is so ridiculous. And then I I'm think, kind of partly there, by the way. Like, oh, there's, yeah. There's a big yeah, part of me definitely. that agrees like this is not not a laughing matter. Definitely. And uh, and I think that's what this whole album is about, whereas the last album was more about his new wife in 2012 uh, this okay. one's all about him hating the fact that anyone in america that america is a bunch of idiots well has been reduced to this exactly yeah that's a good good way of putting it yeah has 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 felt so jaded and and disenfranchised by the administration that this is what they thought was the best yeah, yeah. and um as a segue one of the people that was in one of his videos was in one of the shows that we're doing tonight it is up to you to pick which show you would like to recap for the recap challenge. I will say ahead of time, whichever one you give me, I'm not going to recap well because I am tired and, and out of it. And I'm not sure I even really followed one of them very well. Sure. Okay. Well, I will do what I'm assuming is the more complicated of the two. And it works in my segue perfectly because the person in the Father John Misty uh Video was Aubrey Plaza, oh. who was in the show that we did this week called Legion. Legion is the new one, the new, uh, the new X Men esque show. Well, it's actually like an X Men prequel show. Oh, it's in the the XCU, and it's not necessarily a prequel. Oh, we'll touch oh on my it. god, fuck, this is crazy. Okay, is it really? Okay, we'll, well touch. It's we'll not touch necessarily on it a, a prequel. No, not necessarily. Anyway, we'll we'll, we'll you oh, do your thirty second recap, and then we'll talk about it afterward. Okay, in three. Two, one. All right. The show starts with uh, David Haller. He's a uh, young person who seems to have a happy childhood. And then you realize shortly into it that he is clearly a schizophrenic and spends most of his lifetime throughout different psychiatry facilities uh, where he uh, is is trying to get out. And he ends up meeting this girl who convinces him that maybe he has powers and not, you know, psychiatric problems. Anyways, they kind of date inside and then... Shit hits the fan when he touches her skin. <laughs> yeah, shit did hit the fan the uh, way, when they reversed bodies. Right. And... <laughs> it was it was a trippy show. It was very trippy. It was super bizarre. Yeah, I loved it. I love really kind of like bizarre stuff like that. I think it's if it's a superhero show, which it is. I yep. think it's the best that I've seen. It's not campy. It's not. Right. It, it's got a very movie style production quality to it well and how nice was it that it wasn't about a larger than life full of himself guy who gets right. bumped down a peg and has to learn how to take advantage of his new opportunities totally in, in an altruistic way and save the planet right we've and seen it, it how many times this is like a kind of a weird fucked up guy who yeah. from the get-go I shouldn't say the F word. My mom says I say the F word in this podcast too much. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know. Does she listen to it too? She apparently 
enough that she wants to point out such things. Girl, I haven't even told my parents because I swear on this. Yeah. Anyway, um, he he is tortured enough that basically the entire episode takes place in a mental institution. Yeah. So yes, no. To to go back to what you mentioned before about the timeline, what led you to believe that it was a prequel? Well, because it takes place in the '60s or so, you think? Does it? Well, here's why. Oh, uh, so the reason that I think that is because his mom's hair or his sister's hair. Was yeah, it his sister or his mom. The music, his sister's hair. Um, but you're right. Yeah, maybe it doesn't. It seems like there was yeah a few things that were kind of ta- like few things that seemed modern. Yeah, and a few things that. It definitely seemed... Um, and then I read something on Wikipedia that totally threw me off. What was that? Should I say it? Sure. Okay. That he's Charles Xavier's son. Sure he is. Yep. Which which anyone who knows the, the Legion story knows... Yeah, like that's not a new spoiler. Assume. Yeah. No, he, it he's was just a spoiler to me. Professor X's son. So what's interesting is that uh, the big movie of the week mm-hmm. is Logan. Right. And Hugh Jackman has already said it's his last turn in an X-Men uh, feature of any kind. And Patrick Stewart hasn't quite said that yet, but it's kind right. of been implied that he's playing the 95-year-old Professor X in this movie. Right. And, uh, this will probably be his last go. But then he was on James Corden last night. And interestingly enough, so was... Uh, this guy who played David Holler. David is Holland? that his name? Yeah. They is were on he, the show together. Is he British? Yeah, he's British. Okay. He's the beast in Beauty and the Beast. He's having a moment. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> he is having a moment. Um, And it seemed to me that Patrick Stewart was very open to the prospect of appearing in Legion. Like, oh, wow. Like this other actor brought it up like, hey, you know, maybe you would do that. Like, because I think James Corden or somebody said, would you ever appear in Deadpool? Mm-hmm. And then this this guy from the show said, well, wait a second. What about Legion? Right. And the crowd cheered and Patrick Stewart was like, absolutely. That's awesome. He didn't even dance around it. He was like, let me do it. Yeah. That's so, amazing. So that kind of brings together the question of if Professor X is going to be in this show, is it Patrick Stewart or is it James McAvoy? Right. Because you're right. The era was... I think deliberately non-specific. Well, and and that's what I was thinking tonight was it seems like the '60s because of the whole getup that the ma or that the sister was wearing, right? But all the patients, like he had a real train spotting meets Oasis look going. Yeah, on. yeah, I agree. Yeah. So what's happening there? Like, I think there there's an element of time travel involved too, and his reality might be definitely exists in the X Men universe. Time travel. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so confused. And the body changing, maybe that's a like it was. It was very trippy. Yeah, there was a, a Bollywood dancing scene that I was fully on board with. Oh yeah, that was really weird. That was very. It weird. It was kind of like a dream sequence. That was like the first thing I looked at when I woke up this morning. Yeah, like I went to bed with a few minutes left in it, and I turned it on, and there was a Bollywood dance. At that sequence. point, you're like, like oh, did I wake up fully? Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, very very interesting show. Very trippy. Proposed a lot of questions. I think. Let me. Let me pull some of, them, some of them together. Sure. Let's talk about Aubrey Plaza's character. Yeah. This kind of androgynous character named Lenny who wears overalls. The character was written for like a middle-aged man. Yeah. And they, she tries to play it very androgynous apparently. Like yeah. you're not supposed to be sure. Like there's supposed to be times where she's playing more of a guy than a, a, a gal. Well, I definitely. There, there are a few pieces of dialogue where if she says anything sexual... 
uh, it's about this mysterious girl. Right. And, and I guess she asked specifically to not have any of the dialogue changed when it was originally supposed to be written for a 40 year old man. How does that even come together? How does an audition come across her table for this part? I don't know. Did you, maybe she wanted it? But how did she know it existed? Yeah, I don't know. Like, who of her friends, did Nick Offerman get offered the role and she was like, I want that role? <laughs> maybe. I don't know. She's, how how comfortable did she seem playing a completely crazy person? Very comfortable. Yeah, like, it feels like the role was kind of made for her. I thought that she did a very good job. Yeah. So does she only exist in his imagination? I mean, obviously not. No. But I, he's also hallucinating her. I think I think she dies in the first episode, but continues to be a part of his vision. Because she says, "Like, man, you like trapped me in a wall." Right. So do you, uh, do you like, understand why the show is called Legion? No. So Legion is his mutant name. Like it's his X Men name, the same oh. way Charles Xavier is Professor X or oh crazy whatever. Because he's a paranoid schizophrenic and he sees all these people. So there's all these people, and plus he has multiple dis- a multiple personality disorders. So he is ostensibly all these different people. So he is a one-man army or a legion right? Um, on his own. And so oh, crazy. you're right. That character is dead. They specifically said he killed her by accident. Right. Um, but now she's appearing in his, in his subconscious. And there were so many questions I had about what actually happened when they kissed, when he kissed his girlfriend right what's her name sid barrett in the show oh really yeah okay her name's sydney barrett oh okay which is also uh one of the members of pink floyd i think yeah i know it definitely sounds familiar yeah yeah <laughs> so uh so she and i'm wondering if she actually exists and there's a point in the show where he's wondering if he actually exists and the doctor kind of says we have no record of this person um but then she saves him Right. Or so you think. Uh, and anyway, yeah, at one point they kiss and they like switch bodies and it's all very trippy. It was hard to understand. So if the people who are on the board of evaluation mm-hmm. who are like kind of antagonizing David a little bit and taking him through the, the steps of this uh, of this mental assessment or whatever, if they're aware that he's a mutant but he's not aware that they're aware. Right. Why is he not restrained or something? Like he he explodes in a fit of anger and he fries everybody in the room, which is really cool by the way when he in the pool when they all right. all the skeletons just sunk to the bottom of the pool. Well, like, was that him? Wasn't it? Well, I don't know because he he's in the pool while it's happening. That's why they had him in the pool, you mean? I guess. No, like remember so he goes into his dream and like into his dream. Like he I think goes into a dream, but he's kind of still being tracked by these psychologists. Yeah. And so he, the girl says, okay, you need to wait for the lights and go like slide out of the chair and into the pool. This might be very confusing for the listener right now. I understand that, Yeah. but you just got to watch the episode, um, slide out of the chair and into the pool. And when you see the lights, you can come up and you just see, you see, yeah, those charred bodies. It reminded me, it was a very like Terminator two. Totally kind of scene yeah but uh do you have a personal connection to the x-men movies i really like the x-men movies yeah Yeah. i've seen everyone i think except for maybe one or two of the wolverine origin 
story. Those are the ones to miss, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, I loved Days of Future Past. I, was, oh, I watched that the other day. That's my favorite one. Yeah. That's oh, it was, it was great. An incredible movie. And yeah. I liked X-Men 1 and 2 a lot. 3 sucked. Yep. Um, I thought the latest Apocalypse one was not that good. I watched it on Netflix, it right. and it was fine. It was it was no Days of Future yeah. Past. Yeah, it just seemed like Days of Future Past was such a good way to end the series, but now I kind of hope Logan ends it. Well, Logan, yeah, Logan's its own thing, right? Right. I mean, the rest of those guys aren't going to be in it. I'm very excited for that movie, and it's apparently amazing. Like, yeah. It's like 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. Because the comic was so well-liked, too, right? Old Man Logan. I think Logan. you told me that. Yeah, yeah, so it's like kind of the essential X-Men comic. Right. Um, and plus, it's a, it's a it's about a different character. Like, like, Logan can't regenerate anymore. Like, he's not indestructible anymore. Right. So, so uh, yeah, anyways, I guess they explain what happens for that to occur. My problem with X-Men Apocalypse is the same problem I had with Avengers Age of Ultron. It's mm-hmm. like, it, once you've shown us what the end of the world looked like, right? nothing, the, the stakes aren't high anymore. Like, I, I, don't, I don't really think that you can uh, suspend me anymore. Right. You understand? Mm-hmm. This is not suspenseful if, if I've We've already, already seen, seen them overcome the craziest possible thing yeah. they could overcome. They already beat a god. Right. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I understand what you mean there. It's kind of like, well, they've they've done it all already. What won't they figure out? We know that we're watching. it. Yeah, it's hard to be suspended in disbelief when you're clearly watching a superhero movie and you have the history in your head of them always winning. Totally. Yeah. The trailer came out for Deadpool, too. Yeah, I heard about that. I haven't crazy. seen it. It's very strange. Oh, yeah? Well, I mean, the movie just came out last year. Like, this movie's not going to come out for another two years. We don't have oh, a Star Wars Episode Eight trailer away. yet. Right. And that could, comes out in six months. Yeah. We really thought it was going to come out during the Super Bowl, didn't we? Yeah. It didn't. But So that comes out in another eight months? Christmas, yeah. And then the Han Solo movie after that. Six months after that in May. Six months after that. That'd be a very short wait. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, who was this fat guy in Legion that was sitting in the corner with bags under his eyes? That's what I was wondering. Cause didn't he kind of remind you of someone like, yep. like from like a comic book or something, but it was, it also looked very much like a weird ghost that you would see if you were schizophrenic. Yeah. And that's what he was, but he's going to have to have a history. We're going to have to learn yeah. about what that is. Right. Cause he kind of kept showing up when he was having these delusions. It was a nice pilot because it wasn't aggressively expository. Like it just, it left a lot of questions, kind of like the lost pilot. There are so many questions in this pilot, but right. it respects the audience enough to know to like, that. We'll explain more. Yeah. Don't worry. The audience can be patient. Yeah. Like I said earlier today, it wasn't the Santa Clarita diet. I was oh like, God. okay, she's very quick. She's a zombie. She, uh, she, she eats this uh, idiot, and uh, and so now they're just they're all eating Ugh. eating people. She does the show. She shouldn't Done. have killed somebody until the season finale. Right. That should have been like what she was leading up to the whole like a time. Build up. Yeah. Like she kills animals first or something. Right. Yeah. Work she's, your way there. That whole season, she has to be suppressing this weird urge. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Ugh, if only we worked on that show. Oh, uh, we should have. It wouldn't have existed. We really should. <laughs> the. Uh, Noah Hawley? Yeah. He also has the the rights to... Noah Hawley's the creator of uh, Legion, by the way. Yep. Um, Bones, too. That was his first Bones, show. which is, was funny to me reading back, because it seems like he's gotten progressively better and better and better with the things that he... Like, he did Fargo. Yep. Seasons one and two. Yeah. And uh, he's going to do three coming up. 
Um, so between Fargo and Legion, it seems like he's got two very beloved series so far. And yeah. he's also on the payroll for this new uh, classic monsters trilogy that they're coming out with. What's that? It's like Universal's releasing like, you know, they're going to do a new like Frankenstein movie and a oh. Dracula movie and those kind of things. Like he's going to be behind it. Does that have any involvement with the new Kong movie and the new Godzilla movie? No, I don't think so. I think those are their own thing. Different worlds. There was like a Kong movie that came and went in the last couple of weeks. No, it's a, we're, we're doing the Q104 premiere tomorrow night. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it it hasn't really... Tom it Hiddleston, premiered. too. It's like not... Tom Hiddleston, John C. Riley, Samuel yeah. L. Jackson, John Goodman. John Goodman? John Goodman's in it. Holy hell. Yeah. Speaking of the Coen brothers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it's supposed to be good. Great. Wait, what John Goodman movie was the Coen... Oh, uh, Big Lebowski. Yeah, he's been in a few right. of them, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the, and the, it's weird that the Coen brothers, like I was saying, actually, wait. He was also in um, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Yes. And he was in Inside Lewin Davis. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I guess he's a staple for them. Yeah. Looks like Steve Buscemi. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if we have much else to say on... Uh, no, I mean, there was, there was, it was, like we said, it was a show full of Inquisition. Yeah. It left me very curious. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I'm going to watch more of it for sure. I would put the, the Matt Slaney stamp of approval. Would you put the sweet stamp of approval? Definitely. On? Okay, cool. So it's got the show show stamp. Yeah, it does. Watch it, people. We should do that more often. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is a recommended watch. Yeah, and it's a recommended watch. And, and even if you don't necessarily love superhero shows, like if you're a little bit tired mm-hmm. of that old formula, I was talking about that with a friend of mine this morning about how it's just so tired. Yes. Um, this is not that. So this is an opportunity to salvage your love for superheroes with with something entirely different. Right. So I thought it was cool. Don't you remember when superhero shows were lame before? Not shows, but I guess movies were lame before. And then they kind of had a resurgence with like Iron Man and Batman Begins. And then it became such a huge thing that now people are kind of, it's weird that people are kind of tired with them again. I think it's just oversaturation. That's like the, the movies thing. can still be really good. Doctor Strange was still a, a good movie. Yeah, you're right. The action was exciting, but you can't surprise me anymore. Yeah. You're just showing me the same thing. Yeah. Um, That's right. And the Christopher Nolan Batman movies are cut from a different cloth. Yep. They're a different thing altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the day, a good movie is a good movie, but... I am a little concerned that Star Wars will have the same effect after a couple of years right. because I don't want to get to a point where I ever make this noise about a Star Wars movie. Eh. Right. You know? Yeah. And I do that about about superhero movies now, although I probably won't for the rest of 2017 because Marvel's two-a-year formula has us left to receive Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 before right. the end of the year and Spider-Man Homecoming. So those are two I'm really mm-hmm. excited about. Yeah, that's a good point. Did the new is Spider Man Homecoming the first one with dude from Avengers? Okay. Yeah, although he was also briefly in uh, Captain America: Civil War. Right. That's that's what I meant. Yeah. Right. Okay. Cool. All right. I'm kind of excited about that too. Yeah. Uh, especially Guardians of the Galaxy. I think that's gonna be awesome. Well, I hope so. One of the reasons Guardians of the Galaxy was so charming was because it had nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. It was just this uh, scrappy little movie that maybe nobody would really care about, no big deal. Right. But now it's really got something to prove. Yeah. Do you sometimes hear songs and say, that would be so good in Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> Yes, I too? totally do. And I have the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack in it's my car. It's a great car, soundtrack. And I listened to Hook on a, Hooked on a Feeling so many times yeah. when that movie came out. Yeah. 
my friend has a habit of always putting like Redbone on late in the night. Mm. And I always end up saying like, man, it's the Guardians of the Galaxy song. <laughs> yeah. Same with Ain't No Mountain High Enough. Mm-hmm. Although that one also reminds me of Remember the Titans. Right. And I, I kind of wonder if they'll pay a little bit more attention to David Bowie in the second volume just because he passed away. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. I never thought of that. Although his, mu- his music would be expensive, but I guess they'd have the money. Right. Yeah. If Shall we do this other show? I think we should. Ugh, I'm so nervous for this. It was so gross. Um, it was repeatedly gross. Okay, wait. <laughs> so I just get a text from Jen because I put, <laughs> this is just in keeping with Legion. Okay. Uh, I just got a text from Jen that says, I don't like that small fat man he sees. So scary. <laughs> and right after that, she says, also don't like dance sequences. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, I like the Jen cameo. Right. That was a good Jen cameo. Is she watching it separately from you? Yeah. Well, oh. I watched it at lunch yesterday because okay. I knew that I was going to be busy last night. And, well, we were going to, like, watch Walking Dead. That's what I mean by busy. Right. And then today I knew that I had the massage and we weren't going to have time to watch, which I wanted to watch it with her. But instead, I just turned it on and I said, hey, Jen, Legion's on right now. You better get in the <laughs> living room and watch it. This is the Noah Holly FX episode of the show show. Yeah. Because we're doing Fargo mm-hmm. for the other one. Uh, and when the podcast is done, in the interest of preserving as many spoilers as possible, I'm going to need you to tell me how this season ends because I badly want to know, but sure. I'm never going to watch another minute of that show. No? Oh, it was just so disturbing. <laughs> okay. It was so upsetting. Right, man, don't watch the movie then. Yeah, I know. All right. So I got to recap the first episode of Fargo. Let's see it. Are you already timing me? I'm already timing you. Okay, you got to show me the clock. Okay, uh, three. You got to count me down, right? Three, two, one, go. So there's this mousy little man who runs into his high school bully on the street, and he picks on him, and he ends up walking away with a broken nose. And while he's in the ER, he runs into Billy Bob Thornton. Billy Bob Thornton offers to kill him if he wants. And he's like, no, don't kill him. But then, yeah, the guy turns up dead with a knife in the back of his head. And so uh, the most little guy who's Martin Freeman is kind of freaking out about it, thinking he might be responsible for this guy's murder. Meanwhile, his wife doesn't love him anymore, and she starts berating him about how he's a terrible husband, so he accidentally murders her, and suddenly all these people are dead, and in order to not get accused of the murder he uh knocks himself out yeah that was uh i was gonna cut you off okay but i didn't you went like five seconds over um that's good it was really hard to cover everything in it, that episode that, which you did a great job of i gotta say thanks man i'm not just blowing smoke up your ass thank you i was i was nervous i wouldn't be able to because there's a lot to say in that show a lot of good actors in that show oh great actors how bad do you feel for martin freeman terrible he just seems like such a wiener and your heart pours out to him actually i kind of felt like I'm having a hard time buying him as a wiener because, like, he always plays like the British Paul Rudd. Like, he's like, yeah, maybe right. not quite as as handsome, but like, he's very adept and he's very comfortable with himself, even right. though the world around him is kind of fucked up. That's yeah. kind of the guy who Martin Freeman is. Yep. Um, and in this, people all hated him, and I found it hard to believe that he would be loathed. But the Midwest, ac- the Midwest accent really kind of weakened him up, didn't it? It was like, yeah. oh, gosh, yeah. yeah. Mm, you know what okay. the tagline for Fargo the TV show is? No. Ah, oh, geez, here we go again. <laughs> That's amazing. I know. It's funny because the it doesn't really have anything to do with the movie. No, it's just set in the same world. It's set in the same world and like the same kind of things happen. What happens in the movie? It's it's about a kind of like a guy who who doesn't go about a crime very well. 
in the movie, um, William H. Macy kills his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, no, he hires two hitmen to kill his wife mm-hmm. for insurance money. Ah. Um, because he's like really like super in debt. And uh, the hitmen are like um, Steve Buscemi and this other guy i'm trying to think who it is and then they bring in um that guy with the weird iceland uh, kind of scandinavian name uh john malkovich no it's um the guy who played the professor in uh spider-man like the the andrew garfield series oh, the, the yeah dude with like the tentacles i want to uh, say like kierkegaard or something no his name is uh, Reese Ifans, Reese Ifans. Is that a, maybe? I don't know if I'm thinking of the same guy then. Okay. Anyways, that's from Notting Hill. The roommate from Notting Hill. No, I don't think so. All right. I think I got that wrong. But anyways, he's uh, he ends up killing the they. Uh, I don't know. There's a, so a there's series a murder, of murders, and there and, and they, there's a female cop, and they make a lot of mistakes, pregnant. right? Yeah, that's... they make a lot of mistakes, but it's not. Yeah, they make a lot of mistakes. I guess that's a good way of putting it. And and the dialogue's you know very like funny, and you kind of find it hard to believe that you're watching such a such a intense and gro- grotesque murder. I don't scene. normally like Billy Bob Thornton, but he was good in this show. He was really good. He's you, really kind of. It's one of those shows where you don't know who you're cheering for. Exactly. You know, at the end when he gets pulled over by Colin Hanks and he just scares Colin Hanks Into away. T- yeah just by talking to him. Right. I got it. Like he sold it. Totally. Because there's a part of you that wants to go, okay, well, why would the police officer actually listen to this? Right. Because of course it's absurd. So like the acting has to be really good in that scene. And it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's a part of you that's kind of like, this is a little haunting. Yeah. Like what's happening right now? It was very haunting. Yeah. But it was, it was, it, I mean like when, when that, when that asshole guy, got stabbed in the back of the head. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could see from a mile away he was going to get killed. Yes. You just weren't sure exactly who was going to do it. Right. Although it seemed like it was probably Billy Bob Thornton. But then your better judgment is like, well, isn't that too easy? Yeah. So anyway, when he died, it wasn't even that gruesome. It was like he just kind of started uh, spitting up some blood and he fell on his face. Yeah. It wasn't surprising. But when Martin Freeman killed his wife with a hammer... That was a little surprising. That was pretty friggin' gross. Yeah. And you... Again, you feel bad for the guy the whole episode, but then you're kind of like, oh, God, I didn't want him to do that. <laughs> yeah, well, I just want him to kind of stand up for himself. Well, exactly, but, like, he's been holding it in for so long, and literally mm-hmm. the only person who's nice to him is a deranged psychopath who he yeah. just met in the ER. Totally. Like, his wife and his brother are the meanest people to him. Yeah. Um, by the way, that whole scene with his brother and the machine gun was very upsetting. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Was that his brother or his brother-in-law? Maybe it was his brother-in-law. Yeah. Anyway, it was it was unpleasant. Right. Yeah. What, was wasn't he just showing him a gun? He shows him a cabinet of guns. Yeah. And then he shows him like a, a second level to the cabinet. Right. And he's got like a like a war machine. Mm-hmm. And he's like, look at how cool this is. Right. And so Martin Freeman says, "Is it legal for you to have this?" And he says, "No, but I'm an American. I pay taxes. You know that argument." Right. Yeah. Um. And then he lets Martin Freeman hold it, mm-hmm. and Martin Freeman drops it, and it breaks. Uh, and so then he he tells Martin Freeman that he's a 
he's wasting his life and he's a screw up. And, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yeah. I didn't watch the whole thing again. I watched the whole series. Yeah. I started watching, I, I categorized Fargo as the less important of the two and read the synopsis over again. Right. Um, and started watching it, but had to cut it off early to leave. So the 10 episodes of the first season tell mm-hmm. one story. Yes. And then they resolve. They resolve. And then the second season is a prequel to this story. Well, it's kind of funny because throughout the whole series, these cops kind of keep mentioning like, oh my gosh, it's like the, is it like the 70s, like in Sioux Falls? Yeah. And so that's what the, the prequel is about is Sioux Falls. Okay. And uh, yeah, I haven't seen the second season yet. It's supposed oh, really? to be very good. Um, Kristen Dunst. Yes. But I have a, a, a weird prequel thing that I think has not motivated me to get into the show yet. Yeah, you do have an aversion to prequels. Mm-hmm. Which which I kind of thought I would have with Legion too, but now I'm even more, you know, encouraged by the fact that it might not really be a pe- it's prequel. It's not necessarily a prequel. It's yeah. an equal. It's being told alongside this other story. Interesting. Yeah. But I mean, like, I, I don't think your issue with prequels really applies to, to Fargo because they're just murder mysteries, right? So it's, yeah, not, right. it's not going to... No, it's not. It doesn't even... It's a totally separate cast. Yeah. It's a totally separate season. I don't know why it held me back. I just kind of... You know what? Overall, I really liked Fargo, but it wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, Game of Thrones for me. Sure. Where it comes back on, I'm like, whoo, yes. Like, I don't know why I just wasn't that compelled to watch the second season, which got amazing ratings, even better than the first one, I think. Yeah. Um, and I should do it, and I'm sure I'd like it. And they're gearing up to launch season three next month. Season three is in April, yeah. Yeah. Let me see what I have for notes here, because I, I have to admit, I don't deny the genius of the Coen brothers, mm-hmm. but I haven't always got it. Like well, it's not always gettable. Like that's very true. You know, it, it, you know, No Country for Old Men. I totally got that movie. Yeah, I didn't see that movie because I heard it was way right. too violent for me. Yeah, and I, but I think it was like the peak of some of their, you know, directing and storytelling. Right. Um, I get that movie confused with There Will Be Blood. I think they came out the same year. They did. Yeah, they were up against each other for Best Picture. And right. No Country and for the Old other one is, one is Paul Thomas Anderson. I think. Is it? I think so. Yeah, I still haven't seen that one. That one's supposed to be really good. That's a few people's favorite movie. Yeah. Like ever. A few people? Yeah, I just mean like it's not that uncommon for people to say that's my favorite movie ever. Right. Okay, I'm going to have to watch that too. And I started watching it one time and I think I just wasn't sure if I was going to find it depressing. So I turned it off. I really loved Inside Llewyn Davis, which was just a couple of years ago. Yep. I thought that left a lot open for discussion. Yep. Which I still haven't seen. Really good. It's on Netflix. Cool. Uh, Hail Caesar was just last year and I thought it was kind of entertaining. It was farcical. Oh, really? I didn't think it was like, I didn't think it was that moving. Sure. And I love Oh Brother Where Art Thou for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. It's very odd. That's the story of the Odyssey. Really? Yeah. Have, have you seen that movie? I have, yeah. Yeah, so it's just like, and there's lots of little stuff They're in telling it. the Odyssey through... It's uh, just the Odyssey. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. I did not know that. I, I uh, the other day learned that uh, the pitch for the Lion King was Hamlet. It's Hamlet, yeah. Yeah, of course it is. Which they thought, at one point, they thought it was another Shakespeare play, but yeah. the, they thought it was. I actually think they thought it was the Odyssey. No, it's definitely Hamlet. And then, yeah, I know. And then in the pitch, one of the the ladies who worked for Disney ended up saying, "You know what it is? It's Hamlet." Mm-hmm. 
and then they kind of like re. But I don't think they had the script completely lined up. Maybe not. I think they were just kind of trying to pitch the broad idea, and then they said, "Okay, the brother kills the father." Yeah. And the son avenges the father's death. I think it's just That's Hamlet what it is. in Africa. Yeah. Yeah. Mean Girls is Julius Caesar. Uh, Ten Things I Hate About You is the Taming of the Shrew. Right. There's a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bridget Jones' Diary is Pride and Prejudice. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Are you gonna do that with a, a story pretty soon? I mean, I did a I did a Christmas Carol. I yeah. I kind of like I I did a a new spin on that with the That's same true. characters rather than new characters with the same old. Story. So this idea isn't new to you at all. But one could argue that there are major themes in this fantasy novel I'm writing right now that uh, I I undeliberately like really ripped off Lord of the Rings, unfortunately. Like there's like a major thing in it that's like, oh, but that is what Lord of the Rings is about. Really? And I go, oh, well, I can't lift it out. It's too important to the story. So, sure. So it's just there. There's a ring in it, isn't there? And they there's, throw it there, might, there might be something to that effect. <laughs> <laughs> there's a special ring. Wait, there, there, would there, you consider him a lord? There or? is There is something so glaringly similar to the Lord of the Rings that it's amazing I didn't notice it right away. Really? I'm going to yeah. ask you about that after yeah, the podcast. Yeah, I, I had them. I had the realization that I was like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I bet there's that with a lot of stories. But the book is know? a comedy, sure. first of all. So yeah. it's it's it, it won't be the same. And right. it also, it kind of... Um, it kind of satirizes that whole genre. So it almost mm-hmm. makes sense that it's got a very similar uh, sure. device in it. Right. Anyway, that's how I justified to myself. Great. Yeah. I bet it's great. Thanks, pal. I'm at 64,000 words and I uh, only have about a thousand left to go. <laughs> I'm going to finish this week. Nice. Yeah. That's crazy. The first draft anyway. And then I got a lot of editing to do. Sure. Yeah. What's that like? It's really painful. Yeah. Yeah. A lot, your of, darlings. a lot of darling killing mm-hmm. for sure. Um, and a lot of indulging myself and justifying why I should keep stuff from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, the main character's name is Frodo. Is that an issue? Yeah, it's actually Dodo. <laughs> is it actually? No. Okay. No. <laughs> uh, no, it may as well be though. Um, oh, you know what really made me laugh when Billy Bob Thornton goes to the garage and he says, "Are you Sam?" And he says, "Who wants to know?" And there's a very long pause, and he goes, "Me." <laughs> yeah yeah there's some funny dialogue very like good that. dialogue I guess the the coen brothers totally signed off on this like they read the scripts and said you absolutely have authority to to use fargo as yeah your own vehicle. they have sanctioned it as part of the same universe right because like, otherwise it would be speculated like if if joel and ethan didn't say this is part of our world then it's really not it's kind of weird isn't it that in such a not science fictiony world there there's a universe Every, where just everybody similar, wants stuff to be <laughs> everybody wants stuff to be in a cinematic universe everybody wants a universe well i mean like look at the pixar theory you're familiar with the pixar yeah. theory people want that to all be one thing the, but do they sure they do yeah i guess so and honestly that's one of my favorite fan theories of all time right wouldn't it be crazy if that one day they'll tie it all together like they'll make a movie that oh has yeah specific aspects of yeah. everything <laughs> They should do that. It'd be insane. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, we haven't said much. About, we haven't said much about Fargo, but no, that's true. Uh, what there, other notes did you have? Uh, I don't. I don't really know, except for that there was uh, another Fargo TV show in 2003 starring Edie Falco of all people. They just made one episode, and it did air, but then it wasn't picked up. Oh wow! So I don't know if it wasn't good because of the laugh track. 
Maybe that's the studio <laughs> audience kind of killed it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, uh, what about this this idea of starting the TV show and uh, apparently the movie as well with This is a True Story? Yeah, I remember when we watched the movie, Jen and I watched it a few years ago, and as we were watching it, we were like, this is a true story? Right. What is going on? I think it's just a good way to kind of get people interested. And and for a while, it was kind of like a mythical thing. And now I think it's more of a thematic theme. You know, like... Is it a mythical thing or is it supposed to be, again, satire? Because, like, the show is kind of about the small community. And what's, like, the biggest trope about small communities? Rumors. Right. Right? So, like you discuss exactly how true is this story. I don't know. The The way that I picked it up was this was the Coen brothers, like first movie. Yeah. So you release a movie and it says, this is all based on a true story. You kind of believe it at the time, you know, there's not that much fact checking right. immediately after didn't, it wasn't really in the time of the internet. It was like 1996. So true. it's not like people could just Google it right away. They're kind of like, Whoa, apparently that really happened. Yeah. And you know, in junior highs, word probably spread around, but like, yeah, did you see that? Like, the wood chipper scene apparently really happened. Well, they did it with the uh, with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. Like that right. movie, it's implied that this is based on true events, right? But it's just not. It's just no. to make it seem scarier. Yeah, it makes it freaks you out a little bit, and and I think this is more of an ode to the movie than anything else. I think it probably is, yeah. and not to bring it back to my creative process again, but that's a reoccurring thing in this story that i've been writing the narrator continues to insist that it's a true story but that's more of a joke because right. of course do, it's not do chapters ends with like seriously guys this happened well i don't want to give anything away but like sure. there's this whole thing in the end where the narrator talks about having to go before a panel oh wow and okay. and have his work certified as a historical text right and they agree and they sign off on it and then he has this other story he wants to get and they don't sign off on it and so he can't understand why they would they would agree to a story about uh like evil monsters and wizards but right. not a story about time travel right like, so anyway it's so it also of, claims to be true, but it's understood that it's not. So it's kind of lemony snickety. I guess so. Yeah, that's what I immediately thought about. Well, it's, like it's lemony Warburg. snickety in that the in that the narrator exists in the universe. Yeah, at least according to him, he does, and right. and he is kind of positioning himself as uh, the 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 fact checker of the events. Right. Um. So I guess that's where it's similar. But it's not like this case in Fargo. Right. I think you're right. I think that's just an ode. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Now I just can't stop thinking about the book that you're writing. Well, I'm I'm trying to drum up in te- attention, you know. <laughs> trying to get the buzz. Do going. you want me to write a media release? Please okay. write me a, some kind of a press thing. <laughs> Done. Why I, might be have... a, I might have an afternoon drive show that would pick it up. <laughs> okay. I'll do breaks about my own book. That sounds brutal. Uh, why is the episode called The Crocodile's Dilemma? Let's discuss that. I, I was not able to figure it out. I don't know. I haven't thought about it yet. I haven't had the chance to think about it yet. And the next episode is called Something Similar, which is like a, a, a rooster gone mad or something like that. Are they just I don't think there's anything. Arbitrary? Uh, possibly. A crocodile's dilemma. Mm-hmm. 
Who is maybe Billy Bob Thornton is the crocodile? Except no, because he doesn't really seem like a. What would a crocodile's dilemma be? I don't know. Oh, is the. Mm, is there like a fable about a crocodile? There is like a story about having to take your your farm animals across the river. Right. But you can't because of the crocodiles. So you have to take them in a certain order. But I don't. It right. also rings a bell to me because of the term crocodile. Maybe but that's. But but isn't there some other fable where uh, someone has to get across the pond and this other creature says, I can take you across the pond and in the end ends up eating the animal and, and as the animal's like, like being eaten, it's like, why did you do this? And he's like, well, I'm a crocodile. Uh, that was Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. I'm thinking of, I think. Did you see Silence of the Lambs? No. Oh, okay. Of course not. <laughs> so did, do you actually think it's Silence of the no, Lambs? No. Oh, okay. oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I'm not familiar with that. With hmm. that. I, I've got the wrong animal, I think, but. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but the whole point of it was, why do you ever trust me? I'm a crocodile. Yes, fair enough. But I guess it's not really the crocodile's dilemma so much. No. He's, it's not really a dilemma kind of, at all. Yeah, he was kind of okay trusting somebody that you shouldn't that you have trusted. Trust okay. Yeah, maybe the crocodile's dilemma is, do I kill this guy's old enemy or yeah. do I let him kill his okay. wife? Let's look it up. Let's look it up. <laughs> Because there's nothing that says good radio more than two guys going, I don't know. Then Google silence. Why is it called the crocodile's dilemma? Google searching crocodile dilemma is a thing, according to Wikipedia. The crocodile, the crocodile paradox, also known as the crocodile uh, sophism, is a paradox in logic in the same family of paradoxes as the liar paradox. The premise states that a crocodile who has stolen a child promises the father or mother that their child will be returned if and only if they correctly predict what the crocodile will do next. The transaction is logically smooth but unpredictable if the parent guesses that the child will be returned, but a, but a dilemma arises for the crocodile if the parent guesses that the child will not be returned. In the case that the crocodile decides to keep the child, he violates his terms. The parent's prediction has been validated and the child should be returned. However, uh, in the case that the crocodile decides to give back the child, he still violates his terms, even if this decision is based on the previous result. The parent's prediction has been falsified. I'm not really sure how that applies to the pilot episode of so Fargo. so if billy bob thornton is the crocodile mm -hmm. and you're thinking that he has the choice uh he's or martin freeman is seeing billy bob as the crocodile he's kind of maybe deciding whether he is he does at one point give give martin freeman a chance to answer a question like in the in the er in the waiting room he says do you want me to kill this guy or, right. or something and, do you want this guy dead and he doesn't answer he doesn't answer but it comes up again later like i asked you right and he really danced around it too he yeah. didn't say like he was like we're just two guys talking right but he never said no you can't kill him right so maybe that's it. Maybe it's about the trepidation of decision-making. 
Maybe that's maybe that's right. Yeah. Because that is and then Because there is no answer. There are a lot of decisions that are made. He right. decides to kill his wife in a fit of rage. Yeah. Whereas Billy Bob Thornton decides to kill the other guy, just kind of not really for any reason. He's just like, hey, I'll do it for you, whatever. I'm going to have to look into it. Yeah. I'm not sure how effective this last portion of the podcast was. You know what? I was thinking going into it, I feel like I should have done a full recap of the show because the first episode alone, it's kind of hard to... It's tough. That's okay. That's what this podcast is. Yeah. You have to decide for yourself whether or not it's the mm-hmm. thing you want to get into. And I think I'll do a shitty job of explaining what happened, honestly. But That's I'm okay. going to take a good guess at it. You just have to basically tell me who killed who. That's all, all I right. really want to know. Cool. Um, I'm not going to give the seal of approval on Fargo just because it's not my cup of tea. Not no. because it's not good. I can see how it's compelling. But it's, okay. it's, just, I, I, it's just I don't really get why you, people would want to watch that. Well, I'll put it this way. I don't remember exactly what happened in it okay but i did enjoy it and i would consider that uh, uh one thumb up from the slinny sweets duo okay so three to four thumbs this week three to four thumbs we definitely recommend legion yep uh and fargo i mean a lot of people like it i like it i'm not in love with it i definitely don't want to go to good. minnesota now yeah i didn't really anyway there i was wanting to go to minnesota so bad <laughs> to bemidji yeah it's actually actually filmed in calgary yeah i heard that yeah that's the show. That's it. Drive safe. And never trust Will Smith while you're driving safe. Bye.